thank you to everyone that has tuned in thus far and has helped make 52 Weeks of Hustle such a success. I've had such a great time sitting down with industry leaders. Thank you to the leaders and for all the listeners and your continued support. I'm excited to have joined General Sports Worldwide, where Lou DePauli and I will be focusing on executive search and team consulting. Our services will range from recruiting, onboarding, training, development, business planning, consulting, and much more. We're really looking to be a full service agency for our clients to assist them in their return on investment and return on energy. Please let me know if you have any interest. In addition, thank you for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales, a playbook to be an elite in the sports business industry. It's available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audio versions. Be sure to check out 52weeksofhustle.com as well as to follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career growth what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. Many people play sports and have the dream to keep the dream alive and keep it going. However, much like business, obstacles come in the way, and many times that makes you really think about how can you find a way to keep having sports be a part of your life. Our next guest had just that happen, has now made a great career out of it, as I'm excited to have Drew Praster, Vice President of Ticket Sales and Service for the Charlotte Hornets. Drew, welcome to the show. Thanks, Travis. Really appreciate you having me, man. Looking forward to the conversation. Drew, I'm so excited for our conversation today, and I certainly look forward to hearing all the advice you have for the listeners. Let's start where we kicked it off. You grew up in Conway and Enola, Pennsylvania. You play baseball, basketball, football, and golf. And sports were obviously a big part of your life, and you end up going to Chowan, five hours from Charlotte, to play college baseball. A blown-out shoulder and a few surgeries later, your mindset has to shift. Walk us through that time. Yeah, it was tough, man. You know, it, it, it was tough. You know, I went to went to school hoping to, to pitch. And, you know, I don't think uh, necessarily the MLB draft was in my future or anything like that. Right. But, you know, you you play sports for so long and you hope that you can you know extend it as long as you can, because, you know, after college, unless you get drafted or whatever is going to happen there, like you're done. Right. right. You're done. So. Um, you know, it, it was a tough, it was a tough transition period for me. You know, I ended up having two shoulder surgeries. I went to, you know, three different colleges at that point, just trying to, you know, figure out what I wanted to do and ultimately ended up spending, you know, three years at Chowan, um, and finished out my degree there and everything like that. But, you know, it was just a tough thing to, to, to deal with when you're, you know, 18, 19 years old and all of a sudden you have this, you know, huge, um, really big change in your life. Um, and, and you got, but you got to figure it out. Right. And that was really the, the biggest thing for me is I, you know, I figured if I can't play sports anymore, what, what can I do to still be, you know, a part of it? Um, and that's kind of where my, my, my head shifted and in, in, in what I started to focus on, you know, after I could no longer, you know, throw a baseball. Right. And it's, it's always a tough challenge to overcome, right. Especially as 18, 19, you had all these dreams to at least play to your point till you're 21, 22 years old. And so going through that experience again, back, right out of college or into college and having to change up. How has that helped you within your career in this business, kind of overcoming some other obstacles that, that always come your way? Yeah. Yeah. Learn, learn how to pivot quick. 
uh, you know, on the early at an early age, uh, you know, learned how to to make adjustments and 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 then decide which way you want to go and then go and attack it. And that's you know, you know, in sales, you have to be ready for just about anything, right? You never know what your prospect is going to say um, or what they're going to ask you, and you have to be able to and ready with a with an answer or a recommendation. Um, and, and not only when you're trying to make sales, but in in your career as well, right? Like you know, you never know when. Um, there's going to be another opportunity that comes up or, you know, something's not, you don't get a promotion that you're going for um, or whatever it may be. Uh, learned quickly how to, you know, how, it, how to adjust and how to do it effectively. Um, and, and then, and then, you know, commit and, and, and go for whatever that, that, you know, that next goal is. You had the nail on the head, right? Being willing to pivot, being flexible, being nimble in anything you do in life, but certainly in the sports business, which will dive into your career. And so, you're growing up with an older sister there in PA. Your dad was in retail with Sherwin-Williams. Your mom worked in the state government. So certainly some business mentality around the house. But how did you know, you know, you had the passion for sports, but how the business and, and ultimately the sports management is the degree you're going to go on to earn? Yeah, you know, back in the, you know, the stone ages in the early 2000s, when I was getting ready to go to, to college, you know, sport management was just kind of really hitting, um, hitting its stride, right? It became yep. really popular, I think. And you know, I found out about it and I was like, you know, again, going back to like, okay, if I can't play sports for the rest of my life, how can I make a career out of it? How can I figure this out? Um, and, and so going into school, admittedly, I didn't really know which way I wanted to go. It wasn't really until, you know, I did my internship between my junior and senior year with, um, you know, with the minor league baseball team up in PA that I really figured out that, you know, um, the business side of sports was really the way that I wanted to go. Um, so, you know, definitely had some, um, you know, some thoughts about what I wanted to do going into school, but I, I honestly, I did not really have a, have something, you know, kind of written in stone. Hey, this was the path I was going to take. Um, until, you know, pretty much towards the end of my career, yeah. my college career, career, when I, when I needed to make a decision and figure it out. And we'll certainly dive into, you know, the, the internship with the minor league baseball. And, you know, as you're in college, you're also working the sports information department. And I so know certainly being close to that department while I was in college, there are a lot of transferable skills in the yeah. business and certainly the sales side. So thinking back to those times, what were some key learnings that you took away from that experience? Yeah, I mean, I, I really look back on that time fondly when I was working, you know, with our sports information department and even in a small school, you know, at Chuan. Um, it, it still gave me a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity, right. You know, having to, um, you know, really learn time management very quickly. Um, I had to be at all the different games and, you know, write, um, do all the stats at the games and then write post game, um, stories for our website. I had to interview coaches. Um, I had to do a lot of different things and go to class. Right. So, you know, there, again, not you know, the most important thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, still not, not a, not a, you know, bad thing to have to do to go out to all the, the different sporting events and things like that, but learned, you know, learned time management under, you know, learned how to, to really make sure that I was doing the things that I needed to do and get them done. But then also I really learned how to, you know, be a professional and interact with professionals, right? I had a, I had a, you know, a, a cube right across the hall from our AD and our, our sports information director. And I would, I had to interact with them all the time. So, you know, they taught me a lot. Um, they taught me a lot about how to be a professional, how to carry myself like a professional, um, which I really, you know, um, leaned on as I, as I, you know, finished college and got into the real world there. And to that point, you know, you, you've mentioned a couple of times, you really kind of made the decision what you want to do 
later on in your college college career and graduation times coming upon you and you happen to have an advisor that told you about ticket sales which again dating both of us right when we we're in school it just wasn't very well known right. and there's a big hiring event so walk the listeners through that conversation and ultimately what made you say you know what let's do that yeah yeah i mean it was it, it was is definitely a uh you know, not what I was expecting or not what I really had in mind. I was literally driving up to the, up to our, uh, you know, field house and um, he waved me down and he was like, Hey, I got something for you. Swing by my office when you, when you get up there. So um, by the time he got back, he was walking through campus. He, you know, he showed, it was, it was the NBA ticket sales hiring event. That was a big, you know, big thing back in the, you know, the early two um, thousands and our mid two thousands, I guess at this point. And, uh, you know, he told me about it. And that's when I really started to do research about the ticket sales industry. I ended up not going to that event, but I started to, um, you know, reach out to people in the industry um, and, and, you know, to start learn about it and, and understand what it was and is. Um, and that's really what, what helped me figure it out that, and then also having a little bit of experience selling, you know, during the summer with the minor league baseball team, it's like, okay, this is, this could be something that I like, you know, having an opportunity to grow my career quickly, having an opportunity to interact with people. That was really what stuck out to me. And I was like, okay, this, this could be, this could be the right move for me. So in that internship kind of first job came back and actually going back closer to home for the Harrisburg senators of minor league baseball. And you end up staying with the club for a year and a half. And Many of our 52 Weeks of Hustle guests have worked in the minors or are a part of minor leagues, and they always talk about just wearing multiple different hats. So how is that overall experience for you? Yeah, I mean, looking back on it now, it was a great, great experience. You know, um, I had a lot of fun. I, I met great people, learned a ton, um, right? And I was, I mean, I was shooting T-shirts into the stands and, you know, doing the in-between inning games and pulling tarp when it rained. Like, you, you do everything when you're yep. in minor baseball, right? You really do everything. Um, and, and I look back on it and, you know, it really taught me, um, you know, taught me a lot about, uh, and it helped me figure out what I wanted to do as well. Um, you know, it, it really helped me figure out that, um, you know, could, because even though I was in ticket sales, you don't have a ton of time, not in every minor league baseball team, by, by no means, you know, there's, there's organizations that are, um, you know, if you're in sales, you're in sales. Um, but, you know, in a smaller double A baseball team, that just wasn't the case. So it really showed me that I wanted to, to take ticket sales seriously. Um, and that was really where I wanted to, to take my career. So, um, you know, like you said, I worked there for a year and a half and, and had, you know, had a great time and, and met a lot of great people in it. And it helped me, it helped propel me to my next role and helped me get to, you know, um, into the NBA. You know, so shifting focus a little bit from professional to personal, a lot of things that often come up right now, and, and I know you, you are always interviewing people as well. Hey, I want to stay closer to home or I want to work for my hometown team. And you left home, you went away to college, but then came back and, you know, working in Harrisburg around family, around friends. So what is your advice to listeners about picking the right job? And I guess ultimately, how important is location for you when picking that job? Yeah, great question. I mean, it, it, it's really a, a, a personal decision. You've got to figure out what what um, is really important to you, um, and and understand what that means. You know, when I was going through it, I was in Harrisburg. I, I you know, my parents are still there. I, I didn't I didn't need, have to stay there. Um, I didn't feel like I had to stay there. I really wanted the opportunity. I wanted to put myself in the best opportunity to grow my career. 
And that just so happened to be in Charlotte. Um, and, you know, so I, I made that decision to, to move out of Harrisburg and, and, you know, make a, make a pretty big jump um, into, into the unknown. But you know, I really think you've, you've got to understand, you know, don't just pick a location because it is your hometown team if it's not a great opportunity, right? If it's not the opportunity that you're looking for, whether it's you're trying to, you know, you want to get into an inside sales role and be able to grow your career quickly. Well, if your hometown team has an inside sales team, but then, you know, they make the playoffs every year and they sell a ton every year and, you know, there's not a really a, a lot of room for advancement, but you want to grow your career. Well, maybe you should take a look at, you know, you know, making a move somewhere else um, so that you can accomplish the things that you actually want to accomplish. So that that's that would be my advice is you, you got to understand the, the situation that you're getting into and, and make sure that it checks the boxes for what you're trying to actually accomplish. Absolutely. And, and checking the boxes, both on the personal and professional level. Right. And, you know, I always kind of joke is, yeah, I grew up in Ohio. I've never worked for a team in Ohio, but I've always had some pretty cool places for people to come visit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There was a ton of people that, you know, a ton of my friends that wanted to get out of Pennsylvania in December and come check out a Hornets and Bobcats game over the years. That's for sure. Exactly. Well, a former guest here on 52 Weeks of Hustle and a great mentor to many, Dr. Bill Sutton used to host combines and there was one that wasn't too far from you in Pittsburgh, PA. And so how you learned about ticket sales was a hiring event, which Dr. Sutton was part of that back in the NBA days. Now he's hosting a combine. You heard about it. You attended. How did you hear about that? Why did you ultimately say, all right, I'm in ticket sales in Harrisburg, but this could be a great opportunity for really me to make an impact? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I originally heard about it just through, you know, you know, LinkedIn was really getting getting going back then and just being connected from the research that I did and, you know, and, and the, the connections I made during college, you know, people were posting about it. It was just out there. So, you know, I learned about it that way. And, you know, for, for me, it was about, I was ready to, to, you know, break into the professional, you know, professional, um, uh, professional league. And this was a great opportunity for me to take the skill sets and skills that I had learned, you know, during my time with the senators and really be able to showcase it in front of, and I think there was like 12 teams there at the time, you know, when I, you know, eventually went back and was a manager, a hiring manager at these things, you know, we would have like 20, 25 teams, right? There. Yep. I think Pittsburgh was maybe the second or third one that they ever did, but still, I mean, there were 10 or 12 teams hiring managers there. And I was like, I can't not do this. If, if this is really what I want to do, this is going to give me a great opportunity to get in front of people um, and, you know, try to, try to make a, uh, try to make a, a statement and, and, and find the role that I was, I really wanted to, to look into. Well, Drew, part of that is the investment, right? Investment in yourself, investment in your future career. And, you know, even going back then, right, you're working in minor league baseball, probably not making a lot of money, um, you know, other expenses coming up. But, you know, the combine, you have to come up with, you know, travel, hotel. I mean, you probably spent for that weekend five, six, seven hundred dollars. Why was that so important to you? And what is advice do you have for listeners? Because we've all heard it, right? Well, hey, I'd love to do it, but I'm not sure if I can get there for an interview or I'm just not sure if I can afford it. Again, not to get into anybody's personal financial situations, but what is the advice for you of like finding a way to get that investment? Because it's going to go a long, long way in your career. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I was lucky. I, you know, I, my, I'm originally from the Pittsburgh area. So I had family that I could stay with right when I was there. I, but it's, it's about figuring that out, right? Like most of the time when you're, you know, 
going going to college, you know, you normally are meeting people from all different walks of life. If you have to figure out, you know, if you can ask somebody that, you know, that you can, you know, crash on their couch or whatever it is for the weekend or for the interview. I mean, I remember I, I interviewed, you know, coming out of college at a, out in Phoenix and my my sister's old uh, friend from college lived out there and I, I stayed with them when I went out there for my interview, right? So just like trying to, you know, find ways to, um, make it actually um, realistic for you. Um, and again, it's about, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's about what, what are you trying to accomplish? And, and, and can you take that one time, you know, risk to help you get um, to where you want to be? And it's paid off for me, you know, and, and that's really what you have to weigh, right? Like, can you take that one time risk that that may set you up for me? I mean, it set me up, you know, yeah. for the opportunity that I've been here for 12 years now. Now, I'm not saying that that's always going to be the way that it works out. But, you know, for me, the the reward opportunity potential outweighed the the risk of, you know, shelling out. Yeah, I mean, it costs money to go there and right. to pay for gas and, and, you know, pay for meals and all of these different things. But, you know, that one time hit was worth the potential reward for me down the line. Absolutely. And, you know, combines are certainly a grueling process, but an amazing experience. You're able to interview there with quite a few different teams. Everybody knows you end up in Charlotte, you know, at the time with the Charlotte Bobcats. So as you were making that decision, why was Charlotte the best fit for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was the two guys that I interviewed with, you know, that are still, you know, mentors and, and really good friends, you know, Mike Barbado and, and Mark Jackson, um, you know, Mark's out in Denver now and Mike's down, um, you know, with the Hurricane Junior Golf Tour. And it, it, you know, I was lucky enough to interview with, I think, every team that was there. Um, but it was just something about that process that I went through with those two that I was like, I, I got, I've got to get down to Charlotte. Uh, you know, that's just, it, it just felt right. Um, it felt right to me. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to do a face-to-face interview and spend some time with them. Like the combine was great because you not only had an interview, but you also had, you know, two full days to, to kind of hang out with all these different hiring managers and, you know, do role plays for them so that they could see what you could do. And then, you know, we went to, we had, they had, um, we had a pirates game and we went to that and you were able to mingle with everybody and, and, you know, not get to know them, but at least have an opportunity to have a conversation with them and ton of great people there, but it just felt something about that, that process with those two, it was just like, okay, like, I need to get down there because it's, there's going to be something there for me. Um, and I, and I trust those guys um, to, to help me get there as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed 
on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Drew Praster, Vice President of Ticket Sales and Service for the Charlotte Hornets. So, Drew, looking back at that decision time, I'm sure you never dreamed you'd spend the next 12 plus years with the same organization. And you've had some great experiences. You went through an ownership change, a rebrand to going back to the now Charlotte Hornets uh, and has helped you've helped grow a ton of successful people and a lot of questions coming your way. So first, you were in inside sales when Michael Jordan bought the team. So how cool is that to be part of just to know that the organization, the GOAT, was going to be walking the same halls as you? Yeah. Um, cr- crazy story about that. The day that he was announced as, you know, um, buying the team, there was a press conference. And I mean, I'm, this was probably maybe two or three months after I started. So, I mean, I was, you know, just, just getting going. And the way that our office is configured is our inside sales room is like right by our main door that you walk into the sales room. And I had a chair, I had the chair that, you know, it, it was just habit. Every time the door opened, I looked back so I could see who was coming in the door it just was habit. Yeah. And that day that he had the press conference, he walked, you know, he walked around to see everybody, right? And he walked through the door and I looked out of habit and I happened to be like the first person that he saw walking into the room. So he walked into the inside sales room and introduced himself like, you know, I know who you are. I know know exactly who you are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he shook hands with everybody and spent time in the sales office. I mean, it was, you know, it was an out of, out of body experience for sure. Um, But I mean, just, you know, he, you know, he's not only the greatest basketball player ever, he's a great business person as well. Um, And uh, you know, he's, he's helped turn this organization, you know, around from where it was when I, when I started here in 2009. So it's been a great experience to have him as our, um, you know, as our owner. Absolutely. And, and, you know, when you started, uh, it was the Charlotte Bobcat, Bobcats, and then you went through that rebrand to now the original Charlotte Hornets. So how was being a part of that experience for you? Yeah, it was, I mean, looking back on it, it was a, it was a great experience, but for me, you know, being from Pennsylvania, I, I really had to do my homework, Travis, to be honest with you, because, you know, I, you know, I had a, I had a Hornet starter jacket, just of like everybody who grew up. And, I, was and, say, know, that, I don't think it mattered what state, there yeah. was somebody in your class that had a starter right. jacket of Charlotte. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I had, yeah. I had a Hornet starter jacket growing up. Um, and, you know, th- but that, that was about it. Like I didn't know the history and, you know, we were the Bobcats and like, you know, when we first got here. So, th- but we weren't really allowed to talk about the Hornets because it was still, you know, there was still a lot of people that was like, well, I, I'm, you know, I'll come to games when you're the Hornets again, you know, or and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, you know, so there wasn't a ton, like we focused on the history of the Bobcats. You know, I had to, I had to learn, you know, what the Hornets meant to this city. Um, And, you know, that, that was a learning experience for me to really understand how close of a connection this city had and has, you know, with, with the Hornets brand and the legacy and, you know, the selling out of, uh, you know, every home game for eight years in a row. Like there was just, there was a ton, uh, uh, it was a learning experience for me that really helped me appreciate it. And I think it helped, you know, it it helped our, our sales team and it helped me understand how to approach it when we were, when we were going through the process and selling it as well. And, And now most importantly, Drew, you've been with the organization, as we've talked about for over 12 years, 
but you've held nine different roles, you know, nine in 12 years. So certainly a huge accomplishment, kudos. And I'm going to lose my breath here, but I'm going to try to rattle them off. You were in inside sales, then an account executive in seasons, an AE in premium, premium sales manager, senior manager of premium sales, director of premium sales, senior director of ticket sales, and now the VP of ticket sales and service. And so most of those roles you dominated for about a year and then kept moving up. So what's the secret? <laughs> well, I don't know if there's a secret, um, but, you know, I, I tell people all the time, it's, you know, you have to have big goals, but you really have to understand the steps um, to help get you there. And if you don't understand what steps you got to take to get you there, I, I just don't, it's just not going to happen for you. And then, you know, the, probably the most important piece of it is when you're in those roles, you have to perform at a high level or you're never going to get a chance to take on that next responsibility. You're never going to get a chance to, to get that promotion. So, you know, talk to, you know, talk to people all the time and, Hey, I want to be a VP. Okay, great. You're not going from inside sales to, to VP. Like, that's just not how it, how it works. Right, right. Understand the steps that you have to take to get there. And then when you're in them, you got to crush it. And if you can do that, um, you know, you're, you're going to have an opportunity and you got to do it the right way too. Right. Like, you know, going through those steps, I always wanted to be the person that demanded when I wasn't a manager that, you know, the managers could trust and they knew that I was going to, you know, help, you know, younger reps and do it the right way. So you got to make sure you're doing things the right way um, while you're going through the process. And I think that's a big part of it. Absolutely crush it, right? Dominate your day, dominate the task at hand. And it's a lot easier to keep getting promoted because you're doing it on a consistent basis, you know, and you're building a scalable and sustainable business. And so, you know, last season on 52 Weeks of Hustle, we had your boss and mentor, Jacob Gallagher, the CRO of the Hornets on the podcast. And we talked about the benefits of working there at the organization in Charlotte and why people like you and him are able to stay so long and just continue to grow your career. So what do you enjoy most about the organization? You know, there's, it's not just one thing. I mean, just overall, it's a, it's a, it's a familial just environment. And it's, you know, it's a place that you feel comfortable coming to work every day. You have an, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to grow your career if you do things the right way. Um, and, and it's just, a, it, it's, it's hard to explain. It's just a good place to be. Like, it's just a, yep. it's a, it's a good culture. It's a good environment. Um, it, you know, and it has everything that you would want, in my opinion, um, out of, you know, from, from a career. Um, and it, it's just been a, a great place to be able to, to grow my career. And, you know, I don't know if there's many other organizations that I could have had nine roles, 12 right. years, right. Um, but that's something that, you know, everybody that's been through here knows that if you do things the right way and you, um, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to grow your career one way or the other. It may not always come exactly when you want it, Right. But, you know, there's going to be an opportunity there if you do things the right the way. The opportunity will present itself. And so, Drew, I know for yourself, I know you've had many calls and opportunities over the years to join other organizations. You know, I've tried to call you a couple of times. You shot <laughs> me down right away. But, you know, you, you certainly have continued to be able to grow internally. Right. And so advice for the listeners as as they're growing their business, they're dominating their day. You're going to get calls. That's just how this business works. What are some of the key factors that you've always taken in making those decisions throughout your career? And you've kind of hit on the positives of Charlotte, but like what are some other things that everybody should always be looking at when making those decisions? Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, the first thing you have to do is you really have to be clear eyed about what your expectations are, you know, in terms of what, why are you, why would you consider 
making a move. So you really have to look at, you know, what it is that you're doing currently. Is this new role, a, a you know, a, a lateral kind of role? Is it, you know, and, and, and if it is, is, is it an opportunity that you're going to be able to then grow from? Um, is it going to give you a little bit, you know, more or different responsibility than what you're doing currently? And, and then, and the way that I've always looked at it is, is that other role that, you know, you're, you're looking at, is it going to help you get to your ultimate goal? Um, and is it, you know, maybe going to help you get there quicker or is it going to help you get there, you know, around the same time as what, you, you know, the role that you're currently doing? Um, and, and that's always been really important for me because I always had, you know, that as I've been coming up through, you know, through those different roles, you know, being a, a VP of a department was, was my big goal at the time. So, you know, looking at those different roles, is this going to help me, you know, get there any quicker? Is it going to help me get there, you know, with that organization? So those are just some things that I've always kind of looked at and, um, you know, made sure that, uh, you know, I kind of had in mind as I, you know, went through the process, um, you know, in, in other places. And so, you know, going back through to dominating your day and crushing it, you, you crushed it as a sales team member and you've really spent the last 10 plus years in leadership. So why did you know early on leadership was the right fit for you? That's a good question. I, I mean, it, it's just always kind of come naturally to me. I was, you know, class president in high school. I was, you know, team captain of our, you know, different, um, you know, teams that I played on through, you know, growing up and things like that. It just always kind of came natural to me to kind of want to be the person that one people could come to, to ask questions and that they trusted that they could help them. And that was going to give them the right advice or the right, um, not necessarily advice, but um, just the, the, the right type of, um, you know, have, the, have a good conversation with them to help them figure something out. It's just always kind of been a natural thing for me to, to, um, to, to be able to do. And so, you know, getting into this business, you know, one thing that really attracted me to it way back in, you know, 08, when I graduated college was that there's an opportunity to grow quickly, um, and get into a leadership role. Um, you know, the, in sports sales, there's just, you know, there's a ton of opportunity that if you do things the right way and you generate revenue, like you can move into a leadership role a lot quicker than maybe in, in other industries. So that was just something that was very appealing, appealing to me. You know, to that point, as you think back, May of 2012, you received your first leadership gig. And so looking back at that time, what are some adjustments you've had to make over the years to your style to, to continue to evolve your leadership skills? I think, you know, I learned really quickly that, you know, not everybody that you manage is you um, and you can't expect um, things out of people, you can't expect them to do things the way you would necessarily do them. So you, you've really got to understand, you know, the, um, what helps drive, you know, your, your team, um, and, and then help them, help them get there and push those hot buttons where you, where you can to, to help them get to where they, they want to be. Um, and, you know, I learned that, I learned that pretty quickly because I would, you know, I would, I would go to reps and be like, well, why, why didn't you do this? And they're like, well, what are you talking about? I did this and it worked. I'm like, well, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Like, you know, there's, you know, right, yeah, there's other ways to, to, to get to, to get to your ultimate goal or, you know, to make a sale and, you know, just understanding that everybody's, everybody's a little bit different and you can't expect, um, you know, everybody to do things exactly the way that, 
that you would do them. And you know, I've kind of learned that as I've, as I've gone um, to make sure. And, you know, also just, you know, the, there's a team aspect and then there's also, you know, uh, an individual aspect to, to leadership. And, you know, I learned this from Mark a long time ago, but it's, you know, you got to message the group and manage the individual. Right. So you might have a you might have a big sales campaign going on. So you got to get that out there and you're going to get you know, you want to get everybody moving in the right direction. So you've messaged the group, but then you've always got to be able to, you know, to manage the individual members of your team to help you get there ultimately. Absolutely. And, you know, Drew, you've mentioned the value of people several times on this podcast. And so I also know you put a lot of time, effort and energy into recruiting the best talent, onboarding them, training, development and certainly career growth. Why is that so important to you? The only way, you know, as you get into leadership, the only way that you're, you know, you're going to really be successful is if the people around you are successful too, um, you know, and, and, and so, you know, that's, that's one of the best parts of, of this industry, in my opinion, is, you know, you know, bringing people in inside sales and then, you know, helping them break into this industry and then giving them the tools to go out there and be successful themselves. Right. I mean, the first person that I hired in inside sales, he's our, you know, director of luxury sales now. And, you know, three out of the four members of our, uh, the leadership team here have all gone through inside sales here with, you know, with the Hornets and, you know, it's just, you know, ha- helping people move through, um, and, and get to the levels that they want to be. Like, it's just, it's just an extremely rewarding thing to know that, you know, you, you were a small piece, you know, you were a small yep. piece of that, that process for them. Um, and, it, and it's just really exciting. You know, one of the best parts about, you know, I, I always look back and, and, and re, you know, remember how much I love being an inside sales manager because there was just, you know, that, that moment in time when you were going through training with somebody that you just saw like the light bulb click to right. them and they're like, oh, like yep. this is how you do it. And then it yep. just like, now it was a snowball effect. Right. And that was just, that's always just been such a, um, a fascinating thing for me. No, absolutely. And, and ton of great advice, Drew. And now I know sitting in your shoes, you know, as the VP of sales and service, time management is always key. Plus on top of that, you have two kids and a wife at home. So mm-hmm. every e- a very easy question to ask is how do you have that work-life balance? But however, you just took that to the next level as you just recently started taking classes to get your MBA at UNC in Chapel Hill. Why'd you decide to go back and do that? Yeah. I mean, sitting now, you know, six months into it, I don't know why I did it, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, it's just always something that I, that I wanted to do it. it you know, it's been more, it, it's more of a, I guess, a, a personal goal more than anything for me. Um, it, it was just always something that I had in my mind that, you know, was a, was a goal of mine that I, that I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I finally have gotten to a point in my life where, you know, my kids are starting to get a little bit older now. And obviously I have a lot going on at work, but um, if I was going to do it, like I needed to do it now. Um, And so I I made that decision, even pre-COVID, I had already started to, you know, go through the process of starting to apply to schools and everything like that, um, you know, before, before the, uh, the pandemic even hit, but it was just something that I've always wanted to do. And and look, I think it's going to help me ultimately in my career. I'm learning a ton. I mean, it's just amazing the you know the people that I get to interact with and and, and the, the the professors at, you know at UNC are, are, are have been fantastic and just the amount of um, learning something new. You know, I've I've been working here for twelve years. Like I've been in the ticket sales industry. Like I'm, I'm getting to learn something new in a lot of different ways, and it's it's just a really exciting um, exciting thing for me. 
No, I'm certainly excited to see when you, when you finish up. And I know those are a lot of hours, a ton of grind. So how are you juggling all your personal and professional tasks? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's a, it's a constant thing that I have to make sure that I'm, um, uh, I'm reevaluating, you know, on a weekly, you know, probably basis, yep. even daily sometimes, right, of, of making sure that I'm completing and giving every part of my life the amount of time that I need to, to give it, right? So obviously I have, you know, two kids and my wife and I, I, I want to, I, I have to be with them and, you know, I need to go out and shoot hoops with Duncan, my son, and, right. play catch and you know, play dolls with Clara and like, I have to be present with my family when I'm there, but then, you know, I have a demanding role and, you know, job too. And I have to make sure that I'm getting everything done there before I can move on to my schoolwork. So it's just about compartmentalizing the different, um, you know, your different tasks and making sure that when you're, when you're in those, you, you get them done and then you move on to the, to the next thing. Well, certainly with the the demanding schedule of, of working in sports, going back to get your MBA family, how would you encourage others in this industry to always find time to be both successfully and personally and professionally? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough thing. And it's something that I struggled with a lot, you know, especially coming up, you know, pre having a family and everything like that. You know, um, I, w- I, I don't know if I would do anything differently, but, you know, just looking back on it, maybe I'd make a few adjustments and, and you know, do some of the things I'm doing now. Um, you know, what one of the things about, you know, going back to get my MBA now is that, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that five, six years ago. I, I wasn't ready personally to be able to, like I said, compartmentalize all these different things that I have going on to yep. still, um, you know, actually get all of my work done and do everything that I need to do. So, you know, don't, don't go too hard on yourself. If you are working a lot, like just if you are, if you're being aware, if you're aware that, Hey, maybe I do need to pump the brakes a little bit, or maybe I do need to go spend a little bit more time with my family, or maybe I do need to go play golf instead of, you know, um, or, or whatever it is that you might, right. might do the, to, you know, take a break, you know, maybe I do need to go do that. If, if that's popping into your head, most likely you need to do it. So take yep. the time and, and, and do those things that are going to put you in a, in a good mindset, because if you're always running around and, 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 you know, you're not, you're not, you don't have your priorities, right. The things that you're doing, you know, you're, everything's going to suffer. You're not, you're not working at your highest potential. You're not, you know, you're not, you're not doing things at the highest potential if you're constantly, you know, um, doing different things all the time. You know, to your point, being able to prioritize everything that's important to you. Uh, and making sure you're balancing it out. And you know, Drew, this has been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. As we've mentioned, you've now spent over 12 years there with the Charlotte organization. What's been your best memory? Oh, goodness. Um, you know, obviously the, you know, the first Hornets game was a good one, but I, I, I'd have to go back to, you know, unfortunately we haven't made it out of the first round of the playoffs in a while, but the, you know, the, our first round series against the Heat when we went seven games, I think it was 2016. I mean, the, the crowds here, like I would put our fans up against anybody. And I mean, this building during those, I think we had three home games. I mean, it was just nuts. It was rocking. It was so much fun. And, um, you know, I can't wait to be back into that, into that atmosphere again, um, you know, here sooner rather than later. Well, Drew, this has been great. Love always catching up. And you've certainly had an amazing career. And thank you for all the advice you've given the listeners. So to close it out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. All right. What reality TV show would you be on? 
Um, you know, I've got to go old school with this. And, you know, hopefully some of the people that listen to this will know this, but I would say the real world, you know, the <laughs> right. show back in the day. Yeah. I don't even know if that's on anymore, if they still do it. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, I always watched that growing up. So, you know, yeah. All right. A little bit of drama is never, never bad. You know? Yeah, exactly. Now you're, you're on that TV show. You've chosen to sing karaoke. What song are you choosing? Any Alicia Keys song. All Give right. me an Alicia Keys song and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll rock it. That's your go-to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, look, you talked a little bit about doing a lot during, during COVID now going back to your MBA, what is the last thing you completed that was on your bucket list? Getting into business school, probably. Uh, that was, you know, <laughs> I haven't actually got my degree yet. I've got a couple more months to do that, or I guess a, about another year or so. But, you know, just just getting into business school, um, you know, in a, in a good a, a good school. Was good school. Probably the, you know, the, the last thing. Yeah. Awesome. And Drew, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Well, I would say, you know, something I mentioned before, you know, have big goals, but, but really understand the steps that you need to take to, to get there. And, and again, you got to do well at those steps, you know, when you, when, when you're in them. Um, so I think that's one, you know, two, you know, I think you may have mentioned about consistency, you know, through our conversation here, you got to be consistent in everything that you do. You know, sales is a, <laughs> is a game of peaks and valleys, right? And the, you know, the people that don't get too high with the highs or too low with the lows are normally the ones that do the best. So if you can be consistent in everything that you do, most likely you're going to going to be successful. And then the last thing, and this is kind of, I, you know, I think it kind of goes hand in hand, but one, you got, you got to be able to practice empathy. And, you know, a part of that, in my opinion, is, you know, listening twice as much as you talk. Yeah. Um, you got to be able to be a good listener. Um, and, and, and I think if you're, if you're, if you're a good listener and, you know, people, people respect that. Um, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a great trait to have. Ton of great feedback, right? Two ears and one mouth for a reason. Do twice as much listening as you talking. Yep. You talked about earlier in the podcast, right? Understanding the steps, dominate your day, career growth will happen and, and being consistent, being consistent every single day, every single minute that you're in the office. And Drew, again, thank you so much. It's certainly been a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time, your expertise, and, and certainly our friendship. No, absolutely, Travis. It was great to, to be on. Thank you so much for having me. Always great to catch up with you and you know, just really appreciate it. Absolutely. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.